Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, 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 studio audience and the rest of the world. How's everybody doing? We are back live on the Tech Cat Show. We've been away for a few weeks working on and planning for a big conference event we did at the a show called IBC, which takes place every year in Amsterdam. And IBC, I think, stands for the International Broadcasters Conference. Um, and I have today in the studio with me the fabulous Jeanette DePatty, who is my partner on all of these different shows. And Jeanette and I actually uh, went to Amsterdam, didn't really get to have any Amsterdam-y fun, but did manage to attend uh, a really wonderful and gigantic trade show that really celebrates uh, a lot of innovation around broadcasting, content, and emerging technologies as it relates to media. Um, And we learned a lot. So what we'd like to do today, as we do every year when we attend a big trade show, is share with you some of the uh, trends that we experienced on the show floor. So I'll just uh, give Jeanette a moment to introduce herself as a StoryTech partner. Jeanette, tell us all about yourself. And let's have a big hand, ladies and gentlemen, for Jeanette DePatty. I'm causing a disruption. All right, go ahead, Jeanette. Tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Jeanette DePatty, and I am a professional tech explainer, and that's what I do. I explain technology to people. I uh, am also the executive producer at propellerhead-inc.com, and uh, I am super excited to talk to you about what we saw at IBC this year. So we have a very unique process at StoryTech where we craft um, trends, and these trends become how we create a framework to explain to executives really what's happening on the show floor. And so what Jeanette's going to do is uh, start to take us through some of these trends that we saw on the show floor and how they relate to current consumer behaviors, content, technology, and all the different trends that are going to be impacting brands, marketers, and entertainers, really, um, in the coming year. So, Jeanette, take it away with the first trend, which is? The power of fans. What does that mean, Jeanette? It means large, bladed objects that blow wind. No. (laughs) Uh, The power of fans is... You know, fans have been involved in content for a while. I mean, at one point, it was a one-way transaction. We would produce content. Fans would absorb content. That was it. But now fans are really part of the process. And they're getting involved in every aspect of the process. For example, this year, we're seeing the first studio funded entirely by fans. And that is uh, Legion M here in the U.S. They just did... A round that closed, I think, on September 12th, and uh, it's uh, it's a really exciting opportunity for crowdfunding and blockchain and all of this stuff to be part of the uh, content creation process. And when we say fan, we mean someone like me who's like a, a nutto Star Trek fan. Uh-huh. I love Star Trek. So you're talking about fans like that, but fans now that are really driving the business model behind the content? Yes. I mean, Legion M is a new business model, which is based on the notion that if your fans have skin in the game, if they're actually involved in funding it, you're pretty sure that they're going to watch whatever it is that you make. And and are they... Um, basically changing the course of what the content is? In some cases, yes. I think uh, that 
there's enough participation in the early stages for fans to let the uh, show creators know, hey, this is what we want. And they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. I mean, it's a better metric. It's, you know, we've seen this with Lean Startup and some of the other uh, agile development tracks that when people are willing to pay for something, it means that they are actually interested, not just checking a box in a in a poll or a survey. And what what are some of the other forms that this new fanaticism is, is taking form? Well, another thing that we're seeing is that fans are, well, one one of the challenges is that fans get really excited and they don't want to wait. So one of the challenges is in terms of piracy, in terms of keeping your content safe, on the one hand, you want your, your uh, fans to pay. On the other hand, you don't want them to get so excited that they go to the pirate sites and get stuff before it's officially released, which is one of the things um, HBO had a huge break in this year. Uh, 1.5 terabytes of data was oh, stolen. Was Game of Thrones was it Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones uh, early scripts uh, were stolen, and so it, it, it's a challenge. You know, how do you get them super excited so that they'll pay, so that they'll watch, so that they'll tell their friends, but not so excited that they're unwilling to wait for the show to actually be released. And you want them to also be sort of cultural ambassadors, right? Like leading the way right. for, for proper behavior. Right. You know? And I think one of the most exciting things that we're seeing from fans is the level of fan fiction, fan writing, fan episode creation is just spectacular. You know, user-generated content has been around for a while, but for a long time it was sort of uh, kitschy and fun, but not very professional looking. And now that there's so much inexpensive equipment from end to end in the content development process, some of these fan episodes are almost indistinguishable from studio episodes and television company episodes. So that's pretty exciting to be able to get out on YouTube and see some fan-generated love that uh, is... coming from a show or something. Yeah. Now, when you say the uh, the, the um, equipment is, is getting cheaper, I know that on the tour... <clears throat> you had identified some particular pieces of equipment that sort of showcased that trend. And there was a lot of things around the iPhone. There there was a... a or phones, I guess. I guess it was called shoulder, shoulder grab. Uh, it was a um, gimbal system for putting your iPhone so that you could really get smooth tracked shots with an iPhone. And also very inexpensive software switchers starting at like $60.00 for a live switching live switching software that would take the place of say a uh, a, a satellite truck a sa- <laughs> well right but I'm thinking of a TriCaster which is something that is used a lot by uh, companies doing streaming now so across the board for all parts of sort of the broadcast world we're starting to see really economical solutions uh-huh. like like you and I are big fans um, and we talk about this camera a lot the Mevo camera right right. From, from live stream where you can actually stream 4K video. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not streaming the 4K, but it's recording 4K, which allows you to actually pick different camera angles all in this one shot. Right. Um, and through AI, it, it gives you choices of shots. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's it's three hundred dollars, right? And it's not just the fact that it's less expensive; it's the fact that you don't necessarily need much of a crew. And as somebody who is a independent content developer, that fluid fluidity, that ability to be really uh, spontaneous about choosing when and where to shoot, gives you a freedom that's really new and exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. It it sort of changes the game. So it allows regular people to go out there and act like they're an expensive crew, mm-hmm. right? And and that and then again, coupled with if you're a fan of a show, then maybe you try and go shoot your own episode or something. Like yeah, that. there have been some really amazing uh, Star Wars and uh, Alien versus Predator and a few other Star Trek. Uh, episodes that have come out over the past year that are just stunningly beautiful to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's like, it, especially with Star Wars and these big franchises that whose lore mm-hmm. is so large, um, they really seem to continue to uh, reinvent how, how consumers and audience are going to participate with them. Right, and the best of these expand the universe, the transmedia universe, uh, into a new places. So, for example, I know with the Alien versus Predator, there was a, uh, a medieval version. Oh, so right. there were knights and things like that, and that's not something that's really been explored with the main body of work. So it takes this universe to another place right right lots of different incarnations what are, what are some other um trends micro trends inside of the fan trend oh well blockchain i think is really important and blockchain is a technology that allows buyers and sellers to connect in a very direct and authentic way and this is something with millennials that is really important they've seen the frustration of their favorite stars music acts uh that they're not making very much money. They're not making, well, I shouldn't say they're not making much money. They're making plenty of money. But the percentage that they're making overall is very small. And so there's this, an interest now in authenticating the relationship between buyers and sellers so that they know where their money is going exactly and what it's being used so, for. So more transparency. So now many of us have heard of blockchain through cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Uh-huh. Uh, so blockchain becomes sort of almost the the technology behind Bitcoin. Yes. Which is exploding right now. But really what blockchain is, is can you just explain the concept of blockchain? It's it's just a basically a another form of technology like the internet that lets you go and grab something. Right. It's a form of authentication, right? So Uh, there's many, many instances that are sort of policed by the internet groups at large. And as instead of having multiple, multiple copies of something which can easily be tampered with, each piece of information is collected as part of an overall chain. And so unless the chain is perfect and intact, it's not considered authenticated. So this is a way that uh, it's kind of like a groupthink way to make sure that the data that you see is the data that you expect. So so it's it's really, really good at tracking everything that everybody does. And millennials love transparency. Right, exactly. Love, love, love transparency. So blockchain now becomes a way that millennials can access music or, you know, HBO, if HBO decides ever to distribute the next Game of, of Thrones episode, um that way or however right. it's going to be right and uh, not to be a um a killjoy but uh i just want to share with our engineer that p- 
people do die in the last few episodes of Game of Thrones, okay? So just so everyone knows. <laughs> well, people die in almost every episode that's of Game right. of Thrones, right? I mean, that's not like a big surprise, that's is right. it? <laughs> I didn't want to upset anybody, but that's what happens. Um, but you were saying that, you know, millennials love transparency. You know who else loves transparency is artists. They really want to know that they're getting paid what they're supposed to get paid. And so blockchain really allows them to do that. All right, we're going to have to take a little break. Um, when we come back, we're going to go into the next trend that we saw at IBC, which is the International Broadcasting Conference that just took place in Amsterdam. Um, and what's the name of that that next trend? The Rise of the Machine. The Rise of the Machine. Ooh, ominous. Um, um, <laughs> ominous? Ominous. Um, ominous. Scary, All right. scary. All right, well, we're going to go to break and hold on to your seats to hear about this very scary and terrifying trend. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Jeanette Patty, the Tech Splainer. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Lori Schwartz here, the Tech Cat, talking to the fabulous Jeanette Tapati, the Tech Splainer. And uh, Jeanette and I just got back from the International Broadcasting Conference in Amsterdam, which is a really large uh, trade show uh, focused on broadcast uh, technology and new content models. Um, and how many people were at the show? Do you remember? I think like about 50,000. 50,000, 60,000 folks um, and multiple square feet. I mean, that, that raw, it's at the Raw Conference Center in Amsterdam. And boy, did we walk a lot. Yes, my feet are screaming. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, a exercise and exercise. Yeah, it really uh, was. Really. All right, so, the, so we're jumping into the second trend that we experienced at the show, and that is the rise of the machine. What, what does that mean, Jeanette? Because it sounds kind of scary. Well, I mean, there's so much data. There's just so much data everywhere you look. Part of that data is video that is being uh, uploaded, 3.2 pi- 3.25 billion hours of video are watched every month on YouTube, and uh, it's the video things. So we have so many devices now that just record video, whether it's a security device or something that we're carrying in our purse or something that we're just streaming for fun. There's so much video everywhere. So one of the things that we're facing is that these mountains of data are almost insurmountable. And a lot of it becomes dark data, which is another way of saying data that 
doesn't get used and nobody really knows what's in there. Oh, when you said dark data, I was thinking that it was like the dark web and it was like all sorts of creepy stuff happening. Well, I mean, it is creepy because nobody knows what's in there. I mean, it's just, it could be like fermenting like a pile of leaves. (laughs) But But what happens to all this video footage? It's just sitting on, on hard drives in the sky? A lot of it is sitting on hard drives in the sky, and one of the big challenges is there's so much that uh, you want your video to be discoverable, you want your video to be found. So a lot of work is being done with metadata, and metadata is just a fancy word for the tags that are included with video, so that uh, people can search this content. But so much data is being collected that um, metadata is now being added automatically and it's being uh, added with AI. Artificial intelligence is is part of the way that that is happening. And how, how would AI apply to video content? So, for example, there are tools out there that will automatically look at my video, recognize what's in there, generate text tags to put with that video and attach it to the video. And then there are other tools out there that will automatically recognize my content and find out where it's playing and who's looking at it. So those are some of the ways that metadata and AI are going hand in hand. That's crazy. And are there other things about machines that are coming down the pike that either we should be worried about or excited about? I, I think we should be equally terrified and excited about everything that has to do with AI, right? Because it's powerful and it's a great tool, but it it does impact privacy and uh, security deeply. So one thing that's uh, being done with AI is it's being used to recognize threats. So security companies are recognizing not only where are we being attacked today, where are we likely to be attacked tomorrow, who's doing the attacking, where are the weaknesses, and how can we address those? in real time to secure data. And it's really interesting when you're talking about uh, security and data, there's two major different kinds of security that need to happen out there. If your content is live streamed, let's say you're streaming a, a football game, then speed is of the essence. Speed is far more important than completeness because once the stream is over and is no longer live, it loses a lot of value. Whereas, say, an episode of Game of Thrones is going to maintain a lot of value even after it airs. So in that case, they're worried a little less about the speed and much more about how completely can we secure this data? How many different places can we look to make sure that we've got it sorted out? And another place that AI is being used is uh, in terms of delivery. You know, uh, all of this content needs to get somewhere smoothly and there are always challenges, there's always outages. So AI is being, is goes out there and determines, oh, there's an outage in New Jersey right now and contacts all of the delivery systems that are going through that node and saying, hey, you might want to reroute this data because there's a problem here. So um, that will that will help with the all the issues around <clears throat> cybersecurity, which is another big theme yes. at the show was how are we going to get ahead of all of these attacks? Right. So right. AI is going to not only um, help us in our day-to-day tasks, but it's also going to predict 
what may be happening mm-hmm. based on current information and, and help us make decisions for, right. the, for the very near immediate future. Right. And another important area of AI is the recommendation engine. You know, once you go through the work of getting a customer, you want to keep a customer. And the way you keep a customer is continually feeding them stuff that they love. And AI helps track individual customers and the things that make them happy. And so it suggests other content that it feels would also make them happy. These are, some of them are incredibly successful. And then sometimes Amazon throws up something that you're like, what was this? What was this machine thinking? Because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. I love when it, it predicts um, or recommends something that has nothing to do with anything you're interested in. But at the same time, what often happens with some of these AI engines is that, um, you know, the ad targeting, mm-hmm. um, which falls into the category of programmatic, which we're not going to get into today, but it's just this idea that media buying now is happening in an AI environment. Right. So that I'm going to get ads based on previous searches. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll have bought something and it follows you. Right. You know? Right. It's a little bit creepy. And uh, I think another interesting area of this AI recommendation engine is you want it to be tied to what you want, but not too closely, right? If it only shows you things you already know about, then it's not very effective. So it really has to be a combination of things it's pretty sure you're going to like, and a few ringers that, you know, are maybe a little outside of the box so that you have interest and variety. Great. Is there um, any more in that trend, or should we go to the next exciting one? I think we should go to the next All exciting right. well, one. So what's the next one called? The next one's called Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines. So is this like how I'm nearsighted? No, and it's also not a, a hit single either. <laughs> um, although some of our, our tour guides were complaining that the song had been running through their head the whole week. But Blurred Lines is really about... Reality and non-reality, because it's it's becoming less clear all the time which is which. Uh, I've certain we've certainly seen a lot of fake news, um, and we've seen people tagging things that are f- that fake news just because they don't like the news, and then there are things that are tagged as true news that aren't true at all, and it's very difficult now. I think. For to distinguish to, between to distinguish. Yeah, yeah between what's real and what isn't real, and then those pieces of news take on stories and feelings of their own, and then they become content. Right. You know, and so it's this it's this crazy swirl. And oftentimes, ultimately, fake news will be identified as fake news, but the intended effect is often already done by then. Right. Because you know? because that's the ongoing argument right now is that Google, Apple, Yahoo, all these platforms that sell ads or place ads, mm-hmm. they're not really incentivized no. to take down these fake sites because mm-hmm. the fake sites drive traffic. They, they are clickbait and uh, hate drives as much clicks. Actually, hate drives many times more clicks than, than love. So God, human beings. <laughs> it's sad, but true. But we're also seeing these video formats that are so real now with HDR and Havoc and, and 4K and even 8K we saw in the NHK, bo- NHK booth that it's almost like looking outside a window. It's less about looking at a video screen now. So, and you have that, and then you have this whole line between virtual reality and augmented reality and real reality. It's It, it becomes difficult. Yeah, and when we were at Infocom and then also at IBC, we started to notice the role that 
um, LEDs or OLEDs are playing in, in all of this and that now your TV becomes just a dumb screen. Mm-hmm. But what if you could have dumb screens in your wallpaper and all over the house? And so we've seen a lot of really thin screens. LG has literally has wallpaper TV. I think LG's uh, OLED wallpaper for a 60-inch screen weighs 13 pounds. It's crazy. It's it's amazing. I mean, I would love to weigh 13 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think you would. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe just a thigh. Just a little bit more than a th- that. A thigh would. But we saw we saw all sorts of matrixed LED screens mm-hmm. doing incredible things, mm-hmm. um, and then. There's that idea of the pitch, which is uh, how far apart each. Right. Um, what do you call them? Um, the pixels the or pixels. the dots. The dots on the screen, how far apart they are. They're getting closer and closer, which means the image looks even more real. So now we're talking about beautiful images, virtual reality, augmented reality, all of it ha- being wrapped together and indistinguishable, but bringing services and experiences. Yeah. And, and the other thing about this is that if you're talking about uh, 8K, for instance, which is very high resolution, or you're talking about virtual reality or augmented reality, often it's 10, 20 cameras stitched together. Uh, the pipes are really fat. And this is a place where we're seeing the need for 5G. And and 5G was a big focus of the show as well. What the hell does 5G mean? Today? <laughs> 5G just means fifth generation. 4G was fourth generation. 5G is fifth generation. And basically, it's a tool for longer battery life and bigger, fatter pipes. And there's different ways that that's being accomplished. But And 5G is not here yet. It's still being standardized is still being worked on but that hope towards the future it, we are so squished right. in terms of spectrum and bandwidth we really need the space and what does that mean the whole spectrum issue i mean when i have a when i'm watching something wirelessly is the spectrum providing that wirelessness or like what what is it well wi-fi is part of the spectrum it's if you th- if you look at the whole spectrum television is in one part of the spectrum and radio is in another part of the spectrum wi-fi is in one part of the spectrum and the internet of things are all in the spectrum there's only so much sort of airwaves for this stuff to fit in and typically uh, wi-fi is in kind of a low frequency part of the spectrum which means it doesn't move that much data right so 5g will move it to a higher frequency which means the data moves faster but it also means it doesn't like to go through buildings and cars and trees and stuff so as we advance in this space it'll be continuously getting heavier the files will be getting heavier everything is getting fatter and uh we just need to continually develop technology to move more data at a time that's so cool all right we're going to take another commercial break and we're going to come back with the next trend which is which is which is i'm turning the page i'm I'm still jet lagged have content will travel have content will travel all right so we're going to jump into the next trend from the International Broadcasters Conference um, with the fabulous Jeanette Patty, who is a professional tech explainer, and the Tech Cat in a few moments. Um, and I think we have like two or three more trends, and then we're going to kind of talk about what we saw on the show floor. So come on back. We'll be here. Counting sheep? Counting sheep. Okay. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show talking about the International Broadcasting Conference, which just happened in Amsterdam. And I'm here with the fabulous Jeanette Patty, who is a professional tech explainer and so much of understanding what happens on these big trade show floors, even if you're just a regular person, is to be able to put them into context. And so um, creating a trend, wrapping it around a bigger idea really helps. So the next trend um, that we have in our world is called? Have content will travel. And what is that? Is that about purses and baggage or what is that about? It's mostly about mobile. Uh, mobile is not new, but mobile is constantly evolving and taking on a new meaning in, in our media space. So one place that we're really seeing is uh, for a long time, mobile was kind of an afterthought. You make your content for traditional broadcasting and then you transcode it or change it so that it can be on mobile platforms. But the mobile platform is so powerful that a lot of content is being organically and originally created for the mobile platform. And one way that we're seeing that play out is what we're calling turning content on its side. You know, if you think about how people uh, use mobile phones, it's mostly a vertical 
screen rather than a horizontal screen. And for a long time, content was created horizontally with the thought that people would turn their phones and look at it. Unfortunately, what a lot of advertisers found after spending millions of dollars on beautiful car ads is that they didn't look as good sideways and people just weren't turning their phones. So they weren't being observed at all. People were just ignoring the ads. So, and does that also have to do with the phenomena of Instagram and Snapchat and sort Absolutely. of that, that square? That square. It, it's really uh, the younger generations see that vertical format as their format that feels fresh to them. And yeah, it's so, it's so funny because when I shoot my kid, when I'm just doing like home video mm-hmm. and I don't turn it horizontally and then I go and look at it, I'm always like, oh, what a noob. You know, I, because you see the black edges when, right. when using um, either a Chrome a Chrome thing or um, mm-hmm. using Apple Play, you know, Air. Right. Any of those solutions that take your your video stream and throw it to another screen. Right. It looks weird to me. It does. You know, but yet that's the that's the direction that we're moving in, right? Right. And millennials, they see an ad in a horizontal format and they think the same thing. What a noob! This guy is not talking to me. He's not talking to my. So that, that, that square format is really taking on a whole new life. And then when you talk about, and we're going to get to this idea, but um, all the live platforms that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. all these live platforms now, when you go to any event and they're showing the live broadcaster talking to you, they actually turn the LCD right. you know, the, other, the other way. So all of a sudden it's like <clears throat> facing vertically. Which is so interesting. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of uh, once again, there's the death of TV. I mean, every year we hear it's the year that TV is going to die. TV is doing just fine. It's just coming out in different formats, and it looks a little different. It's mostly OTT, and people watch where and when they want to. And describe to us what OTT is, because I know the definition of television is changing. So, what do you mean when you say OTT? So, OTT stands for over the top, and all it means is watching your content on a platform that's internet based so youtube is ott hulu and netflix those are all ott platforms and that could be anything that you buy now and connect to your dumb screen which right. is what we were talking could about could be slingbox could be any of those things right. right so when a colleague asks me now what kind of tv should they get i'm always in my head thinking just get a screen you know just get a right. beautiful gorgeous screen well also get a get a gorgeous screen that has a good interface because that interface is really critical to your viewing experience the discoverability again how easy is it to manipulate all of these different pieces and again a lot of these screens are integrating ai pieces into them that learn what you like and learn how you want things set up which makes that you know it, none of us want to sit down and think we want popcorn and we want wine and we want it to just yeah do you it. just want to think what you want to see so a lot of um i know a lot of people are now playing with Amazon Alexa and Alexa's interface with Google Fire. Right. Which is a set-top box, an OTT right. box, and that then you can actually just talk to your TV. Uh-huh. Xbox has been doing that for a while with voice activation. Right. And they're all getting really smarter with their search engines. Right. So now I'll be able to walk up to my TV and literally say, I, you know, I want a comedy. I want something that ends happily, but I want the woman to prevail in the end. And, right. You know, and, and be alone. Right. You know, like a divorcee. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think. 
think, uh, you know, now that we've just finally gotten used to people talking to their devices, we've seen AR as the next computing platform. So now that we've decided, well, people aren't crazy for talking to their devices, now people are going to be waving at their devices. That'll right, be the right. Next. So it's all it's all new ways to interact with, right. scre- with screen or device. Yes. Yeah, right. So I think gestural... It's all biological, too. It is. It is. I mean, pretty soon it's going to just have ESP. It's just going to (laughs) know. So it's going to be open the door, Hal. Right, right. Open Open the the door. Open the pot bay door, Hal. And is it going to be a situation, Jeanette, where, like, I walk into my kitchen and all the walls are screens and it'll show me a recipe? Or is it going to know I'm in the room and that kind of thing? I don't see any reason why not. I mean, we've already, when we were at Infocom, which is the show we were at earlier this year, we're seeing conference rooms that are set up that way now. They know when the boss walks into the conference room. They know what he wants to see and how his slides need to be set up just based on an RFID chip that's in his wallet. So I think that... Or, or maybe even scanning an eyeball or, right. or something, or your face. So the, so the exciting thing about the iPhone 10 right. is that it, it's going to scan your face and it'll know who you are. And, and potentially that same phone could be used by anyone who happens to be near it. It scans your phone and it brings up the data for just that person. Right, right. Um, Although, again creepy as heck in another way yeah right very, very creepy and by the way i actually ordered and you're going to be surprised by this i ordered an eight plus i am amazed and i'll tell you why okay. i want to hear my strategy yeah, just really your strategy. my strategy for getting the eight plus is because i want an everyday just you know new phone that just does everything i need it to do right away uh-huh. and then when the 10 becomes available which is going to be months and months from now because um, you have to get on the list and all right. that, then I'll then I'll get the ten as well. Yeah, and um and I can switch the SIM card between the the eight plus and the um, and the ten. The SIM card's a beautiful thing. I have an Android, a Chinese uh, Android phone, and um I just when I was in Amsterdam, switched switched the, the SIM card and yeah. it was instant. And that adds to this the same idea of how content will travel, meaning that any phone anywhere I can just take my SIM card and it becomes my phone. Right. So hardware then loses its relevance, right? It is again, it's just a screen. It's right. just a dumb piece of equipment that you add little bits of intelligence to, like a SIM card. And then and then that data pulls the stream from yep. the cloud. Yeah. Um and how much how much stream do you think the cloud's gonna be able to handle? I mean we're already <laughs> it's like cloudy chance of meatballs. It's a we're already <laughs> so full of data. And again, this is a place where the cloud and, and 5G and new storage technologies are so critical because it's staggering how much stuff is uh, is streamed. And you know, um, which brings us to our next trend. Oh, really. tell me. I can't our wait. next trend is <laughs> coming to you live. And live content has had a huge impact on data usage. Uh, in, in 2016, live streaming grew by 80%. Wow. That's a lot. And are we talking just about, like, me streaming myself, you know, or my kid at a concert? Or, or are we talking about those YouTubers who have become live um, influencers? <clears throat> or, like when, or, or is it... NBC stre- streaming live sports people. All game. of the above. Okay. All of the above. From zero dollars to very, very expensive streaming uh, programs from sports to science, all different areas. I mean, this was a big year for um, April the Giraffe. April the Giraffe 
uh, from Animal Adventure Park. Hmm. She had 232 million views and 7.6 billion minutes of viewing time. Well, and what was she doing? That people- she was being pregnant. They were waiting for the baby giraffe. Oh, to be I born. did see that. Oh my god, I the- did see that. I, did, I saw. We were all like wondering when the head was going to come out. I know it took forever. Like. Weeks people were on. Well, why was that such a big deal? I, I remember I, it now. It's, I don't know. Just because it's different? It's it, different. Nobody had ever seen a giraffe being born. And so and now anything can be seen and captured. And um, one of my favorite things to talk about is Musical.ly. Right. Which is the platform that is almost like basically a lip syncing platform. Uh-huh. Where, um, you, you know, somebody post, posts them, themselves lip syncing a song. And then hundreds and thousands of people take that version and lip sync to that version. And right. So you have, and so on and so on and so on happening. But what's happening on Musically that's so fascinating is they're selling music. Yeah. People are learning about new music on it. And then you have Musically musers mm-hmm. who are influencers on that platform who are making millions of dollars. I know, just follow the bouncing revenue. I yeah. mean, it's like massive amounts of money. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. Uh, that, that always blows my mind away. And I know we... I'm obsessed right now about Live.me, which is another live platform, right, right. which parallels what's happening in Asia, where you can actually give a digital asset to a live streamer, like a flower mm-hmm. or a, you know an umbrella, right. and it converts to cash on their side. Mm-hmm. So you're actually rewarding someone who's just maybe brushing their hair on, li- on live camera. Which is another form it. of cryptocurrency. Right. It you're really right, is like right. Bitcoin in a way. Look how you brought that around. I know. Wasn't that good? Yeah, we need to do a whole show on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I really which do. I think is, is really important because almost everything in our world is going to move towards being paid for in that manner. And and really to understand those tech uh, that technology is a little more in depth and it's not very visual. Yeah, yeah. So it takes a little more, more time to explain it. Yeah, it's just more money I don't have. Is what yeah. it is, <laughs> I, I know, think I know. Right. I mean, like you know, they always used to say my other car is a Jaguar. It's like my other wallet is a Bit Wallet. Right? Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> Money I don't have. All right, and now we're getting towards the end of this trend. What what else is going on here? Oh, esports. Esports is still esports. Huge. huge, huge. You know, it used to be this idea. I think when esports first started happening, I like many people were like, "Who on earth is going to watch somebody play a video game on TV?" Apparently, many, many, many people will do that, and part of it is because there's big money involved. The they recently had their big uh, contest. And uh, the the purse was nine million dollars. Wow! Split among five players. Wow! So you can make more money uh, winning esports contests than if you won the Masters. Tournament. Yeah. So again, more money I don't have. And um, I think <laughs> that that what's interesting about esports is it really centers around that eighteen to twenty five year old male demographic. It does. Although you know, fifty percent of gamers are women. But still, it seems to be an advertiser's heyday because they all want to reach that 18 to 24-year-old male demo. But it's not expanding out, it doesn't seem. I, I think that's true. I, I think it starts young, you know, with Minecraft and, and yes. the really early games. But I think 
in the next two or three years, we're going to see a shift. We're going to see like more more uh, adult oriented, more women, more I women, think more okay. girls are going to still, enter the but space. still in that age demographic. I think the age demographic will stay, stay. It'll similar. stay similar. Yeah. Are there any other trends that we're talking about? No, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, when we come back for our last segment, we're going to get a little bit into what we actually saw on the floor and how it plays back to the trends. So we'll be back in a moment with the fabulous Jeanette DePatty, the tech explainer, and of course the tech cat digging into the trends at this year. Here's IBC 2017 show. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show, finishing up conversations about IBC 2017, which is a yearly conference happening in Amsterdam around this time of the year that really focuses on broadcast technologies, content technologies, and monetization of all of that. Um, and so StoryTech was there giving floor show to, uh, tours of the floor um, based on these trends that we just went over. So, Jeanette, what are some of the things that you actually saw on the floor that map back to these trends that you were really turned on by? Well, one of the things that I thought was really cool is there's a company called Veramatrix, and they were uh, combining AI and security in interesting ways. So artificial intelligence and security. Right. So they would determine, like I said, where break-ins were likely to happen, and they also were uh, constantly updating a cloud-based database. The thing about security is you're never done. The minute you secure something, the hackers have come up with a new strategy, a new way of dealing with things. So keeping an up-to-date place where all of those tools and tricks are constantly uh, managed is a really important tool. But they also had uh, an Internet of Things demonstration. Oh, I remember that. Right. It was booze. It was the Internet of Beer, right. The Internet of Beer. (laughs) We were in Europe. so. So they had a tap that was turned on and off based on a mobile app. 
and proximity and would also tell you how much beer was left in the keg. So it's a security around uh, around the product, around managing um, inventory. Products, in, yeah. Around managing physical inventory. Uh-huh. Now, the, the one I remembered, because we ran into people I knew from like 100 years ago, because I'm so goddamn old, but um, <laughs> was was it Conviva? Conviva, yeah. Conviva was a really interesting company that actually measures the broadcast stream. Right. right? And, it, and it tells whether or not the buffering and the quality is good and predicts it over time. Right. They are using AI as a delivery mechanism for making sure that uh, delivery is smooth and, and clean. So they know from history and from region how a stream will come out and then they can and then they can let the company know. Right. right. And it's also constantly updating moment by moment about where there are challenges with the edge casting and and uh, where things need to be routed around certain problems. Right, and then why, why this is, you know, it sounds very techy, but it's actually really important because if you are watching Hulu or Netflix and you're watching it either on your computer or on your OTT box. Or but you're watching the Dodgers dominate. Right, you're watching the Dodgers You and the stream is crappy, yeah. you're going to be really upset and you're going to wonder why did I give up cable vision, right? Why did I give up my cable? Or you'll just watch something else. Or you're just watch something else to somebody else right and so all these these great new content platforms need to make sure they have a good a good stream um Mm -hmm. what else did you see that that blew you away i mean there was so much there Uh, there were some very cool things uh bbc is doing some a uh technology demonstration on something they're calling atomized news and this is an idea that news is divided into snippets video snippets and then catered toward your interests and your needs. And so they would create like a little BBC broadcast just for you. So personalized news snippets. Right. Um, sort of like what we were doing for a long time with our RSS feeds. Right. But now with video. Right. I mean, you literally get your own newscast. That's wonderful. It's wonderful, except it also does increase this echo chamber bubble effect. Which we've all had on Facebook. Right. Right. Especially in a controversial election year globally. Yeah. Controversial is one word. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, because my, my Facebook only has people that I, I like the way they think. Right. Um, and, and it's not, it's not um, a true uh, picture of the world. And I think to bring it back around to fake news, one of the reasons that fake news can prosper is because people are listening to their own pundits, their own people, as opposed to news sites that at least make some kind right. of Right. You see claim. something that satisfies your idea and then you just forward it. And, that, right. and, that's how, and then the people propagating the fake news make money on the ads on those sites. Oh, you know, either it 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 forwards your idea or it enrages you. Right, I mean, right, that's right. something that, you know, people... And, get. And, and both of us have enough rage already. Yes. I think that we don't need more. We don't need to be, have more rage. Now, another thing that we, we... I remember seeing on the tour that I loved was what Ericsson was doing with VR, like real-world application of VR so that it's not this additional marketing play or a side note to a piece of content, but it has real world value. Can you, can you explain what happened at Ericsson? Well, at Ericsson, they were, they were uh, syncing up 360 content with 
traditional streamed content, and it was like a it was a uh, a car race. A car race. So you're so you're watching on your big home TV the regular broadcast, mm-hmm. and then you have your uh, a browser, computer, or phone, and you're actually watching 360. You can go 360 with your finger or your mouse. Right, and and I think one of the things they were pointing out is that one of the challenges with broadcasting in 360 is you don't ha- always have all the ancillary content mixed in. Right, so you get your 360 view, but then there's a stop, there's a pit stop, or there's a penalty, or there's a review, and the 360 format is not really that well designed for that. So going back and forth, you watch your, you watch your review on the main screen, and then you go back to watching the 360. But the other thing I think is really important about VR as a format is it can be very isolating. You put that visor on, and you're like in your own little world. And sometimes that's nice, but, you know, at a, at a football party, maybe not so much. Right, you, you're having a community experience. Now, did you see anything in augmented reality that turned you on? Because <clears throat> AR is certainly um, being monetized right now in more of the enterprise side of the world. Um, did you see, is, was AR prevalent at the show? It was there. It wasn't in as big a force as I've seen at some of the other shows. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, certainly there's some interesting things going on in virtual sets, which is a form of AR. Right, Avid that's had right. a very cool virtual set that instead of, you know, in the old days where you had the weather girl and if she moved to the left, the map would move, would, right, would that's move. right. So they actually created an entire 360 environment so that the people could move around the virtual right. set. So it, it lands the set. It right. Lands, the set is stationary, and that's the whole concept behind VR, volumetric VR, and where all, all this world is going. Right. Um, now, we, you and I have been to like four shows already this year, and we're <laughs> gearing up for the Consumer Electronics Show in early January. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any sort of evolution as the year has gone on? I mean, we started at CES 2017. We did NAB together. We did Infocom, and now we just did... Um, uh, IBC. So besides hanging out a lot together, what, <laughs> what have you have you seen any sort of progression of any of these trends as we move through the year? I've definitely seen uh, AR is beginning to overtake VR. Right. And I think a, uh, AR as a computing platform is going to become more and more prevalent. And and also I think AI artificial intelligence yes. as just a normal thing, not this creepy computer robot in the sky, but actually a business tool that is powering many companies' consumer services and marketing solutions and just it's a real world thing now. Right. And I think you're finding salespeople feeling more and more comfortable talking about it because the customers know they need to have they, it. They've heard about it, right? Yeah. Or or I've had many conversations with bots on lonely nights when I'm drinking a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah, well, I think, I think we've seen, too, at IBC, the fact that 5G and security were two things that they pulled out to the side. I think security is going to continue to become more and more and more and more important. Right, so you're seeing that come up at every trade show. Well, we have to wrap it up, Jeanette, but where are you speaking anywhere soon? Is there anywhere where folks can go and hear from you and tell tell us where we can follow you and read some of your... Jeanette's a fantastic writer. Where, where can we... Read what you're up to. Well, you can go to propellerhead-inc.com, 
and I am working with the Entertainment Technology Center, and I'm also working with the Science and Entertainment Exchange. So nice. there's some cool things there. So some some uh, papers and things uh-huh. that you're publishing coming right. out. All right. Well, this has been Lori Schwartz, your tech cat, reporting on our our week at Amsterdam in Amsterdam at the IBC show, the International Broadcasting Conference 2017. We have lots of great trends. If you want to download a copy of our trends. Go to story-tech.com where you can download a whole bunch of white papers on various shows that we've attended. But most importantly, we have the latest from IBC 2017 from the floor of the Raw Center. So this is Laurie H. Schwartz, your tech hat with the fabulous Jeanette DePatty, your tech explainer, <laughs> um, sharing some trends and goofing around here in Los Angeles. We'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. Join us again on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 